0: Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen, and, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. I am joined today by Danielle Cuomo. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, an author, business owner. She is an advocate for small businesses throughout the U.S., but especially for women-owned businesses and being able to help women drive um, results in their businesses. I'm excited to have her on today because she owns a business service company called Virtual Assist USA, and they help place virtual assistants for business owners around the country to help them drive results and to drive revenue. So, Thank you for joining me Danielle.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: How is uh how's life treating you right now?
1: It's going well. Um because we're virtual, we've had no type of service interruption with everything that's been uh, been going on in the world and so it's pretty much business as usual for us.
0: Dude, that's uh that's a fantastic model to have. I mean we're recording this kind of in the midst of of the coronavirus pandemic. So when you look at business structures in general, and this is a conversation I've had with several people, is some of those businesses that we have today are virtual and uh, more flexible and things like that. But there's also been a lot of businesses that, for lack of a better term, have been Operating under an archaic model, but now that they've been forced to quarantine, if you will, or or work from home, it'll be interesting to see how businesses evolve in the future. Some of these businesses that have kind of fought against having uh, remote workers or, or virtual assistants. And now realizing that, hey, maybe maybe we don't need all of this overhead anymore. Maybe we can actually work remotely and provide ancillary benefits to employees rather than, hey, you've got to be in the office eight to five every day. I got to make sure I have my eyes on you. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what happens uh, in the future. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. So um, I started this business uh, 12 years ago and um, I've been operating it ever since. I am in Pittsburgh, PA, but my team members are all across the country um, in all different time zones because we serve clients um, all over the place. And this has really just been my passion because I get to work with entrepreneurs. I get to work with small business owners every day. Uh, and like you were saying, you know, they're the, the lifeblood of the economy, especially in times like these. And it's really rewarding uh, for me to be able to do that.
0: So what what got you into the virtual assisting business? What, like, what was the catalyst? Because looking at, at your company and, and how long it's been around, you were kind of on the front end of this. You started the business yeah. before it was really a thing, right?
1: Yeah, so it was uh, 12 years ago, it was 2008, Um, it was right when the crash, the Great Recession was happening, Um, and it was probably, in retrospect, a really silly time to start a business, but I, (laughs) I took a chance on it, you know, at the time, and my whole goal was really to redefine how entrepreneurs were getting help. Um, and small businesses. Oftentimes, they need support. They need admin help. They need marketing support, maybe website design, social media, all different areas, but it doesn't always make sense for them to hire an employee. Um, They might not want to mess with the taxes, the insurance, the compliance. It might be a cost thing. Uh, It might be that they want to operate remotely, and they don't want to deal with having office space, so it might not always make sense. And my idea was to still provide those services, but in a more flexible, uh, nimble way. Uh, We call it, in our company, we call it on-demand services. So it's basically when you need services as you need them.
0: So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. So when when somebody comes to to your company, are they hiring full-time virtual assistants or is it just a scenario in which hey, I need this project done or I need somebody for 2 months or 3 months to get through kind of a a, a busy time. How does how does that work on on your end?
1: Mhm. Well, right now, for example, we're providing a lot of the short-term gap assistance. So folks might have their regular in-house staff might be off. They might be um, caring for loved ones, um, child care, that sort of thing. And we're kind of jumping in there and and providing that gap assistance. Other times we're working with clients on a long-term basis. They'll work with us on a regular cadence maybe 15 or 20 hours a week, but they still don't want to mess with hiring a part-time employee. The virtual assistants are my full-time employees. So I take care of all of their benefits and taxes and the compliance and all those things. And as a client, uh, you basically just use your virtual assistant whenever you need. Um, It could be one week, you might need 10 or 15 hours of support and the next week you might not have any work for them and that's, that's totally okay. So it's a completely flexible solution.
0: Interesting. So is it, are people utilizing virtual assistants mostly for kind of this flex hiring situation? Maybe they're, they're not quite ready for a a full-time employee or are they using virtual assistants to replace uh, maybe an in-house full-time employee? What are are you seeing the landscape like?
1: I would say both. So about 60 to 70% of the time clients are hiring us because they don't have Um, a need for a consistent full-time employee. And so they might be in this scenario where I talked about where they might have 15 hours and then no hours. Um, Their needs can fluctuate, go up and down, and they don't wanna make that long-term commitment. In about 30% of the cases, we have clients that are just transitioning to a completely virtual model. They wanna use a virtual assistant because it's a little more budget friendly, but they are replacing um, a full or part-time person by utilizing a virtual assistant on a regular basis
0: let's say a a company wants to go down that road They've, they've never had a virtual assistant but they want to go down that road let's talk about what's the process what's the best way to kind of decide what tasks you can give the virtual assistant versus versus what tasks you should probably stay in house and probably the the process of hiring a virtual assistant i mean obviously they can come to a company like you which one of the things that i love about your company is all of your assistants reside within the U.S., is that correct?
1: That's correct. Everyone is here in the U.S., um, native English speakers, English um, U.S. citizens.
0: Nice. So, that, I mean, the reason that I love that is it really gives an opportunity for our citizens here in the United States to have jobs, working from home with some flexibility and things like that. But let's talk about if a company wanted to go down the road of hiring a virtual assistant, what are some of the things that they need to, to watch out for?
1: Mm-hmm. So one of the first things would be to determine um, what type of company you want to go with. So is it important for you to be um, with a U.S.-based company or alternatively, there are some options um, like offshore companies, um, Mm -hmm. most commonly the Philippines, India, and sometimes um, there are some blended companies too, where there will be uh, U.S.-based project managers, but this team will still be in the Philippines or India. So that's really an individual decision, just determining what's important to you from a value standpoint. If. Um, you know, communication, that sort of thing. And then I do always recommend, you know, talking to at least two companies just to get a, a feel for what the fit is going to be for you. Everyone operates a little bit differently with different sorts of policies. So for example, Um, with hours packages. In my company, um, you purchase hours, they continue to roll over month to month, they don't expire, you never lose them. That's something that you want to ask because there are some companies out there where you purchase hours and you have to use them in that month or you forfeit the hours. So that is always something um, as an example of something that you would want to to ask and find out about. Um, Another thing that you'd want to know is when the virtual assistants are available. So I only hire my VAs full time, but there are um, some companies and some um, sort of processes out there where you'll work with a virtual assistant that might be only available part time hours. Um, it might just be evenings or weekends. And so again, that's something that you'd want to to look at as well. And another thing you would want to look at is if you're having a dedicated virtual assistant. So are you going to be assigned the same person that you're working with all the time, or are you going to be assigned? Um, just kind of whoever is next up, you know, in the queue. And again, that's a personal preference, and sort of depends on on what your needs are. And I would okay. also say, when you're kind of thinking about hiring a virtual assistant, there are a few things that uh, that you can do to sort of help yourself um, get started on the right foot, you know, start the relationship off right, and and just make sure that it's really successful, that you're that you're getting a, a good ROI. So one of the things that that I think I've seen over the past 12 years is that you have to be ready, um, ready to let go a little bit. Um, It's not great for micromanagers or people that feel like they kind of always need to be in control. That being said, I know um, I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I know that just kind of by traits, you know, we're generally type A people, but you do want to, to be able to have a little trust in someone and know that, you know, someone else might be able to, to do these tasks. Um, better or faster or cheaper um, than you're able to and so that's something that um, you know that you want to know you want to be comfortable with with not sitting next to someone you know in a cubicle you want to be comfortable with being able to pick up the phone and call them send them a text message send them an email just kind of comfortable with those methods of communication I think is important And then lastly, it would be really helpful when you're starting off the relationship to have sort of a job description. So, your expectations for things in terms of turnaround time, um, your communication preferences, how often you would like to communicate with your VA. So, do you want to have a weekly meeting with your VA on the phone? Do you prefer to exclusively talk via email? Do you want to make sure that things are turned around in one day? Do you have less urgent things that maybe can wait three days? Those sorts of things. not only would help you develop and establish the relationship with your VA, but it really helps to be able to flush out that information and, and put it down on paper for yourself just so you can kind of get a better picture of it as well
0: yeah help helps with systems and processes it sounds like yeah. so yeah. when you're when you're hiring a va like what are some of the best task-wise, what are good tasks to be able to offload to VAs and what are some of those tasks that you're probably going to want to make sure that you don't assign to a VA, but you actually keep in-house from mm-hmm. your perspective?
1: Yeah. So I think there's a few things that, um, I would say you never want to completely, um, outsource to a VA. So those are things like, deal you know, anything in terms of developing like your company culture, um, those sorts of things are are definitely best done by someone in house if you have that that type of company. Which um,
0: that I mean that that makes sense, right? Because if you're like company culture, you kind of got to be boots on the ground to even to have somebody remotely try to help you figure out your company culture a little bit. <laughs> It's a little bit difficult. Yes. So that, told, that that makes a lot of sense, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, those sorts of things that happen organically um, around like training, professional development, those sorts of things. Those are best, again, like you said, boots on the ground. Um, in my experience, though, everything else is, is fair game. Um, that can be from admin to marketing to bookkeeping, even um, strategic growth and planning conversations. Um, I know that a lot of my clients have benefited just by having another person, another professional to brainstorm with, um, help make educated decisions together, help develop a plan. And they really appreciate having, you know, having that other person there for for them. Um, so anything with like the development and growth. Another sort of thing when you're thinking about what types of tasks to outsource is that I've seen a lot of people get into the trap of saying, Well, typically when I start with someone, I'll tell them to write down all the tasks that they do for the next week or so. And they'll have a long list of tasks and we try to put them in buckets. You know, these are things that um, you definitely should keep doing yourself. Like you should definitely keep doing your sales calls. You can outsource all of these things. And then here's a piece that we think You know, you can automate these. There are platforms and softwares out there that you don't even have to pay a virtual assistant to do. Here are some ways to to automate these processes. So we try to put them in those three buckets. And I will say that what I'll see sometimes is clients will kind of pull back and say, well, no, I think I I should be doing this, or I could really do this myself. And so in some cases, you can. If it's not something that might need a special expertise like a social media. Maybe it's just an administrative piece. And it is something that you could do yourself. But generally, I'll ask them, you can do it, but should you do it? And I'll give them the example that if you're right-handed, and you could certainly probably write with your left hand as well, but should you do it because it's going to be sloppy, it's not going to be as nice, might not you know make sense, it's just not going to be the best output product. And so typically when I tell them that a light bulb goes off in their head and they're like, oh yeah, you're right. This is something I I can do it, but I probably shouldn't. It's not going to be as efficient. It's not going to come out as nice. And that's something that I always like to tell people to keep in mind.
0: That kind of brings up a point. Are virtual assistants, are they specialized in specific areas or are people hiring kind of a jack of all trades, right? So you've talked about marketing and social media and things Mm -hmm. like that. And one of the the traps that entrepreneurs fall into, and you alluded to it is I can do it. I can do it faster, I can do it easier, I can do it better. And then they never get out of out of that trap right by by delegating to other individuals. So one of the things that I found in my companies is sometimes it's because I fall into that trap i'm I'm kind of a jack of all trades and very specialized in a few, right? But because, (laughs) because I can do other things, I'm just like, I'll just, I'll just do it really fast. And then I find out, ah, crap, I should have have had somebody else do this. It's taking me forever. But, but the point being is, are people, are these virtual assistants that people are hiring, are they specialized or are they kind of jack of all trades? How, Mm -hmm. How does that, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So we kind of consider our, our company to be a jack-of-all-trades, so we're an all-inclusive company, um, but each individual can, virtual Can you
0: define that a little? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can you give our audience an idea of what all areas your your company covers?
1: So we do everything from admin to bookkeeping, web design, social media, as I mentioned. Um, also things like video editing, copywriting, so that would be things like um, writing blog posts, for example, articles, white papers, et cetera. And while the company does all of that, one individual virtual assistant does not. So each of our virtual assistants at Virtual Assist USA specialize in different areas. So for example, someone that does bookkeeping, that's all they do. They just focus on bookkeeping. Someone that does writing, again, that's all they do. They do copywriting, copy editing. And that's what they're doing for 40 hours a week. They um, are doing that day in and day out. And so they're really skilled in that area and they're able to, to specialize in that one particular spot.
0: So the individual that's actually working on the task is is specialized with, within that task.
1: Right, that's correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's talk about how, what's the best way to manage virtual assistants. Like when, because the last thing you want to do, you want to make sure anytime you're you're spending money, right, or investing in anything, you want to get an ROI. Whether that's an investment, whether that's an employee, whether that's uh, marketing, whatever the case may be. So how do you how do you best manage? A virtual assistant is it hey they need to check in with you at certain milestones or is it just a matter of uh here's the task at hand and i need you to report to me you know at, at kind of like when you think it's done i'll give you some feedback and then when it's actually done like mm-hmm. what's the best way to do that
1: yeah there are all different sort of management styles it works a little bit different um you know for everyone but i would say that Number one is the communication. So I mentioned before, you know, are you going to hop on the phone with your virtual assistant once a week? I've always thought that that's really the best way to to connect and communicate. Um, Because it's virtual, you're not going to pass by this person on your way to get coffee in the break room. Um, So you really have to be intentional about setting up time to communicate. Um, Now, you know, today in 2020, we have so many more tools than we did in 2008. You know, we have Zoom, we have FaceTime, all those things that if you can just pop on even a video call just to connect in that regard. Also to being available for your virtual assistant. So if your virtual assistant has questions, um, just making it known that you're available to Communicate with them to answer those questions. Um, it creates that open relationship, sort of that open door. And as time goes on, it'll be more intuitive. They'll know the answers to those questions without asking. But just to to be available um, at the outset. And then third, and and finally, I would say be open to feedbacks. So one of the things that um, internally I work with my VAs on a lot is being proactive with clients. And so that's about. Um, just being able to make suggestions for the client and saying, hey, here's a way I think we could do this better. Or have you thought of this? Or maybe we should automate it using this tool. And just being open to that type of feedback, being receptive to it is also a great way to just manage your virtual assistant because you're going to have a much better relationship in that regard.
0: You brought something up that's triggered for me is... That's one of the most valuable pieces of information you could give your virtual assistants. Is hey, being proactive and giving suggest, uh, suggestions on how things, how processes and systems can be improved. Because one of the things that frustrates me more than anything is when you give somebody a task and you know they're doing just enough to not get fired, but they're not doing enough. Like you're you're frustrated as a as an employer because you're like, man. I wish they would just do a little bit more to to try to improve this, but like, I don't have time to mess with it right now, but they're doing just enough that I, I, it probably doesn't warrant me like firing them. (laughs) It's kind of this dichotomy of like, they're doing just enough to not get fired, but they're not doing enough that you would ever hire them again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And that's just sort of like what we would say, like order takers, like, you gave yeah. me, you know, tasks. I got A, B, and C done. Um, they were fine. They were done within the deadline, and it was okay. But it really wasn't going that extra mile to say, okay, I did a B, C, a, B, and C, but have we also thought about D? Or I found a way that we can save a little bit of money on task B, or whatever that might be. And I think that's a really valuable piece for virtual assistants and something that clients you know, being a good manager of your virtual assistant, just a good stewardship steward of your own money that you're investing into this, is to just be open to that and say, "Hey, I, you know, I like to hear those suggestions. I, I want to hear that."
0: If any employers are listening to this podcast, I would tell you, do not be an order taker. That is the most frustrating thing for an entrepreneur or a business owner, and quite frankly, is going to give you a mediocre life. So, oh, being yeah. an order taker is not not the route you want to go. Well, this is uh this has been awesome, Danielle. Any last bit of advice that you would give uh, my audience when going down the virtual assistant road?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say you know when you're when you're going down this road, there's sort of two two schools of thought. Many folks here, you know, may know that they um, definitely want a virtual assistant. Um, But I would say, you know, knowing the difference between you want a virtual assistant and you really need a virtual assistant, um, you know, there's a, a difference there. And I would say, you know, you do need a virtual assistant. When you're finding that Things are just getting to be too much for you to, to handle. Um, you're spending way too much time at work. It might be things that you're getting frustrated on because it's not your area of expertise and you need someone that, that knows best practices there. Um, or it could just be that you want to spend more time, you know, with your family or doing hobbies, et cetera. Um, and those are really the times to, to start thinking about hiring a VA.
0: So if uh, the listeners want to connect with you, if they want to look into your company and, and look at hiring a VA, how would they how they get a hold of you, Danielle?
1: Uh, they can just go to virtualassistusa.com, um, and then they can reach me directly from there. Um, there's a few different ways. There's our, our phone number, contact box, so they can reach out to us that way um, and definitely mention that that they heard us on your podcast.
0: That's, uh, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been an invaluable conversation, uh, especially when you're looking at uh, growing wealth and building your business, being able to offload and delegate tasks is something that you have to look to master. And I think that hiring a virtual assistant is one of the ways, uh, one of the ways to do that. So thanks so much for joining us, Danielle.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And we will see you guys next week. Have a great day. If you want to learn more about me, you can visit my website at www.nicholascjensen.com or follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Nicholas Jensen underscore. That's at Nicholas Jensen underscore. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform because you do not want to miss out. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.